Hello, hello. You are listening to the Salon Owner School podcast. I'm Sam Huber, the CEO here at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To learn more about PIP University and our course for salon owners, Rich Life CEO, you can visit us at pip-university.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. So I um, was actually just talking to my leadership team. We were talking about Clubhouse and, um, you know, just the different topics and the things that we talk about. So one thing that's like relevant for us right now, and I don't know if you guys have stuff you wanted to, was on your mind to talk on this morning. But for us, one thing that we're working on right now is how to motivate and inspire the team to be able to invest in themselves to grow their business behind the chair without just relying on the salon to grow their business and give them the education that they need. It's like, how are they, what are they bringing to the table on their own to be able to invest in themselves behind the chair? So for us, Um, One of our core values at the salon is investing in self-care is not selfish. And that's like our fan favorite at the salon. Like everybody loves that one because everybody loves to take care of themselves. And I'm very grateful for that because this new wave of women and men that are coming into our industry, they take investing in self-care way more serious than we, as in we, the older folks in the industry, have you know we always put everybody else first and they're really good at like making sure that they're taking care of themselves um and so recently i've just expressed to my team that i respect the fact that this is your guys's favorite core value but how are we also investing in our business just as much as we invest in our self-care you know so trying to inspire them to like take the reins and with our support, but also investing in themselves behind the chair. So I'm curious what you guys do and what that looks like in your salons, because I think that right now, utilization, productivity, you know, is at a weird spot for a lot of people. And it's like, everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel a little bit and how to fill their books and everybody does it differently. But it's like trying to figure out like, what skin they bring to the game, you know? So I don't really have an answer as far as like inspiring and encouraging um, in a way that is that effective, but we do have a a policy inside of my company where uh, the company will match uh, your education dollars, 50% up to $500. So that gives them an opportunity to like take more advanced education that maybe they wouldn't be willing to invest that amount in otherwise. Um, I will say it's not, it's not something that they take advantage of too horribly much, but it is one thing that I've done because I, I, I felt it was an important thing to put into place because when I was behind the chair, I loved um, advancing my skill set. You know, I felt like it made me a lot more confident and, and, and effective behind the chair. So yeah. take that for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and I get it because like for, for somebody like you or I, or like half of these people probably on the call is that like, we didn't grow up in this industry with 
TikTok and Instagram and Reels that you could just watch someone do a highlight and learn something. Like the way that we got education was physically being in a class with somebody. And so, you know, there's a lot of different courses and opportunities out there for you to be able to purchase online as an online investment, just like we are at Fifth University. But it's like, how do you get them to want to purchase that and want to be able to further and what does coaching around that look like because there's a girl that we're we're looking at investing in right now and on this standpoint like my team is investing their money into taking this course with the support of the salon so what we do is how we have our education fund lined up is it's in the career path and dependent on what level, what tier you're in in our career path is a percentage that we contribute to the salon or from the salon to that um, stylist. So, you know, it ranges from 15 to 25% of whatever it is that they want to take. So the salon is still contributing, but we're looking into taking this course with this girl and the whole team is going to take it together. Um, but something she says is, and she's a commission salon is that she's not interested in having people on her team that are only waiting on the salon to build your business. Like she's like, she literally says on her one podcast, like if you're not willing to put as much work as I am, into building your clientele and contribute the work that we put in with SEO and ads and all that stuff, then you're not for our team, baby cakes. Like that's literally how she puts it, you know, because she wants them contributing just as much as the salon is. And that's just inspired me to think a little bit different on, um, on that, you know, of how like we can inspire them to start contributing as much as the salon does um, or show them the way to be able to do that. So when you have two people, just like a relationship, giving 100%, the outcome is a lot different than it's when it is just one-sided, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you made it part of a career path too, and that there are levels to which, you know, the company will match. I mean, that I do I completely agree and uh, align with what you are saying. And I am interested to hear what, you know, what other people's thoughts are on how to kind of make that a, a value that we can, you know, instill in them. And I think you're right. I mean, especially, I know that my company's like this. We have a lot, we, we offer a lot as far as um, building a column. Like you walk into the salon and you don't really have to try very hard to do that. Um, and so I feel like, I feel like it, you know, when I was behind the chair, it was like when I was in my slower times or whatever, when I would start to kind of freak out about my skill set or whatever, and then feel like it was time for me to advance again, you know? So this is a, an interesting topic. I like it. So, um, Jess, when you first brought that up, this topic up, I was like, yeah, I don't have a good answer for that. And then as I've listened, I think just something I can contribute would be as I've gotten older and more experienced, I'm all for investing in my education. So I ask like, well, what motivates me to do that? Why do I invest and invest big dollars? Because at first, you know, when I first started my career, I remember I was taking continuing education all the time, 
on the weekends, I would drive to Cincinnati and Indianapolis because that's where these free Aveda classes were. And I would do this on my only two days off, like two weekends out of the month for the first two years that I worked at the salon. And I would repeat free classes mm -hmm. just to see what I could learn and so I could become smarter. And now that I've become more successful, I want to invest large sums of money. And so I'm like, from the very beginning of my career to now, why? And it's because I look at the return on investment that I get from those classes. It, it puts me in the place that I want to be. I believe in the results of the classes that I take. So like when it comes to my team, I can remember so many different situations where when any of my girls want to go to take a class, like we'll sit down and I'll ask what, what's the outcome that you're looking for from this class? Cause I don't, um, when we're hiring, everybody's like, I want continuing education, but then it's real hard to get them to do it, continuing education. So because I know everyone values their time so much, specifically the people in our salon now, what I can contribute for the role that I'm in, if I want us to go all in 100% with their education, it's like, what can I bring to the table to ensure or try to ensure that their education is impactful for them? And that comes with my leadership, my guidance, me mentoring and saying before these classes, what's the result that you're looking for? How are you going to measure the result? Because sometimes what I think is if people don't want to take continuing education, I can speak um, for myself when it comes to my own team with this. It's because they don't want to do it on their time off and they don't really see a reward at the end of it. And some classes are a little bit more subtle than others. But I remember specifically two of my girls, this was a few years ago, went to take a cutting class. And when they got back, I was like, okay, tell me the things that you learned. And then we had a thread in Slack that every time they would use their techniques. And I said, I want to see this for 90 days. So on this day, we can relax and not talk about this class anymore. But for 90 days, every time you guys use one of these techniques in haircutting and it makes you feel more confident and you feel like the results are incredible, I want you to post about it in this specific thread just to drill or plant the seed and drill into their brain that one class this is everything that you got in it because i believe that when they see the results of what they got they'll want to invest more because that's why i invest in education so it's like being really intentional with the classes that we choose but then after the class taking and this takes discipline obviously and you're like the best at this jess making sure that for a period of time we are focusing on the return of investment that that class gave us financial classes are a lot easier to do this with but when it comes to coloring cutting hair extensions i feel like that's when it's more important to get them addicted to wanting to take education when i took vidal sassoon haircutting i took it twice it completely changed me as a hair cutter i don't know how many cutting classes i took in my career that was the only class that made me a completely different hair cutter. I felt like I was worth a million bucks because of it's a, a five day class in Chicago and I took it twice and the results that I received from it were incredible. And I really focused on those results and actually implemented what I learned from the class. So short story long, I think that that's a really big component right there to 
get them to hone in for a period of time on the results they get from the class to entice them to want to take more. Yeah, and I think that's solid. And I think it, it helps when you have like, <clears throat> so we just took a course recently um, and we're still working on stuff from the course, but like we created a, we use Slack as our communication tool. And so we created a channel specifically for this course. And that's where at the beginning when we were really taking and going through the lessons and stuff, that's where our communication happened in, right? And so it was organized communication. And then when it's the whole team taking it, like this course that we're about to invest in, then, you know, they're constantly being communication about it and to, like you said, inspire them to be able to see the results. And I, I like those two questions of like, what is the result that you're looking for and how you want to measure success? Because I, I hear this all the time from like salon owners, just even that we get to coach and with PIP University as they're like, they consider this um, new generation coming up. They're lazy. They're lazy. No, I don't think they're lazy. I just think that they know how to work smarter and not harder. However, we get to show them a path of things that we have like learned in our time in this industry, which is investing in education because every single person that is up here right now has invested thousands and thousands of dollars into some sort of education. Those are the things that scare the shit out of them. And, you know, for my girls taking this course, like the course is $700 and half of them are like throwing up over it. Right. You know, because that's a lot of money and it is for them. Like it's still a lot of money regardless but even like what you were saying with like taking free education like i did i did that same thing i would travel i would take the same class twice two days in a row one in erie pa and then i'd come back to ohio take the same damn class that i just took the day before mm -hmm. um the next day you know in the salon and at that point those classes that i'm investing in were more of a smaller investment and once i was able to hone in on that you know um hone in on that skill and develop myself more behind the chair, then I got to start to invest more money into something else because now I've, I've been able to generate more revenue off of the skill set that I developed. And now that I did that, I'm going to invest in something bigger and then I'm going to invest in something bigger. And the investment just continues to get bigger because when you start to see the result that comes from it and you're like, Oh, this shit actually works. If you put in the work, you know, then they start to dabble into a little bit more and a little bit more. So, um, you know, I think for my team, like the most that they've really invested in themselves is like a three day haircutting class, which is over $800. Um, but it's more my veterans that have done that. So I'm like making my young um, girls that are new in this industry rip off a bandaid really quick and like scaring the crap out of them by investing hundreds of dollars into something, you know, but I'm, I'm excited for them to see as long as they put in the work that return on investment, um, on the other side of it, that they get to be like, Oh my God, you know, we did this and I get to support them in that. My leadership gets to support them in that. We get to go hard in the paint together so they can see that result and start to become addicted to investing in themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's this is what I think is a really cool thing when you bring one generation and another generation together and use both skill sets because if they want to work smarter and and maybe a little bit harder, if you mix that with our skill and our expertise, some really great things can happen. If if they're 
willing to take some of these classes, how can our, this is such a great question to always ask as an owner, how can my skill set amplify what they just did? And especially at no matter what generation you're from, as the owner, what's the skill set and the experience that I have as the owner that I can take whatever they just did and support them in going to the next level? Because when you're, you know, a business owner, there's some experiences and some knowledge that you have that they don't, and it could really help them with seeing the value and getting the results that they could get from the class that they're taking. So I think that's a really cool way to look at it. And the other thing is, um, you know, them investing $700 is a lot of money, not even just for them. Like that's just a lot of money for, you know, most people out there. So I think that is incredibly cool that you're having them do that. And I'm sure most of them are on board, even if they do want to throw up. And what's cool about it is you're such a strong owner. You will make sure that you follow through with them seeing the benefit of what of what this investment is going to give them and how it's going to pay off. Yeah, I mean, it makes me think about when you invested in um, that course for your team and you were like, I really wanted them to lead it, right? And it's like you you want them to take the reins. You want them to lead it. But like you said, we have a power within us as, as salon owners. That's the perfect example. Set. Yes, because you're like, okay, they're not doing it the way perfect. I want them to do it. I'm yep. getting there now. I got to lead this shit, you know, because yep. otherwise what happens is, is you want, you almost, it, it, you can come from this like defensive place of like, I do all this work for them. I want them to do it. And then they don't do it the way that you would do it. So then you start to feel resentful. And it's like, that's not fair because they have not had that experience yet and how to see something through yeah. and you're able to give them that gift. So when you took that's over and started leading the team, you guys had great success yep. with it. And they probably learned so much mm -hmm. from you mm -hmm. on top of learning from somebody else as well. Like those two things collide and it just, it creates a beautiful thing for them. Yeah. Perfect example. So yeah, I love that. What else is going on for anybody? That's what's relevant for us right now is just like figuring out how to be able to bring education for our team that we're still contributing to. We still back them. We still, you know, do help them get the results that they're looking for. But we're also like, and this all came, I just want to say that this all came because when we had our quarterly reviews and the start of Q4, uh, maybe, I don't know what Q, yeah, it had to be Q4. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Recently, um, with me, some of my younger girls on my team were like, I'm not building my book fast enough and I'm, it scares me and I don't know how to do it. And I feel like I'm not getting the support to do it. And I'm like, okay, so now we get to dig our heels in and we get to figure out how to do this. And for me, if I don't know how to do something and I feel like I've tried and it's just not working and it's not my skill set. I am going to invest in somebody that knows what they're doing yeah. and how to do it so I can learn and then adapt it within my business, which is the whole reason that, you know, we've been able to create the things we've created so far within the salon is because it's investing in, you know, an education to get us where we're at. So all this really stems. So now they're like, oh crap, maybe we shouldn't have asked for this because now you're, yeah. <laughs> you're bringing this to us. Right. And so, um, I think that, you know, having that open communication with your team can create something really great. Like this is going to be for us. That's awesome. I love it.
So they probably regret their decision of saying <laughs> something. But um, Jen Blower said, we started talking about what professional maturity is and what it looks like to walk it out to bring them into awareness on how they're handling themselves with how they show up, education and communication. And I think that's, I love that word, professional maturity. I love it too. Yeah. When we had our call this morning with the girl that we're looking to invest in, oh, I could have kissed her on the lips like 15 times because she mm -hmm. said, this is not something that happens overnight. Like the results you're going to get, it's probably going to take you a solid three to six months. So we talked a lot about oh, love education. Yep. Love it. Speaks our love language. And I'm like, can you talk about that a little bit more about delayed gratification? Because that's what these girls want. They want instant gratification. And I don't care how great you are. Like it takes time. And so um, we talked about that a lot on the call. And I think that Jen's point of having professional maturity. I'm totally stealing that because if you can have that, part of that is having like being in the delayed gratification mindset and not just focusing on the what is in it for me right now, you know? Okay, I've talked a lot. Who else wants to speak on something here? Well, I'd love to just chime in kind of on a similar topic if that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, professional maturity. I think also another thing to talk about, especially as we're onboarding new people coming out of school more recently, like some emotional maturity things as well have come up for my team in the last few mm -hmm. months. And that's kind of been really eye-opening. And I had a um, a team member that moved to another salon that we had really been investing in training with, and she had a lot of potential. Um, and I actually picked Aaron's brain about it. And we were discussing, you know, I said, I feel like I was in a moment of frustration and I said, I feel like I'm just banging my head against the wall because like, I feel like people don't want to work. People don't want to work. They don't want to put in the work. And she was like, I don't think it's that people don't want to put in the work is that they want the, the comfortable route that has the more instant gratification and they want, they don't want to be challenged. And it, and Aaron, when you said that, like, it really got my wheels spinning over like the following week about like, how can we make things and putting them in the driver's seat? Cause the situation I was dealing with that frustrated me is someone was saying, I want more than one model day a week to train for my apprentice program. And I want to get more hands-on. And we had talked about it and I just didn't see a way where we could as a small salon who is very much in growth mode for the last year, year and a half, how we could make that happen. And I explained to her, you know, in order for us to give you more than one model day, you have seven hours worth of models that you can book on Tuesdays and you're not even 50% booked. So I have to see that booked number one before I add more time for that. And she said, well, the availability for me to take models is prohibiting me from getting bookings. And I was like, okay, well, I'll give you a little bit there, but you got to work with me on it. And I explained to her and I said, you know what, we'll see what we could do and couldn't really figure out a solution. Um, so I just, I think it's an interesting topic because we get to, as leaders, especially in training programs, figure out what we can do. But what I've taken away from it is like, we have to put them in the driver's seat because mm -hmm. I feel like we're a very supportive learning environment. And it's like, it's tough sometimes, you know, when you're working, 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 and the results just aren't there and trying to figure out how to connect the dots so that you can retain quality people, you know, I think is, it's a challenge for, for my salon right now. Yeah. It makes me want to change some of my core values around, you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's the backbone to our company. And when you have those to be able to coach around and they're, they're, put in the right way, it helps support 
you know, who it is that you're hiring, anybody future that you're bringing in, as long as they align with this type of stuff. Um, and part of it is just figuring it out. Like you said, Mallory, like, you know, she's bringing something to the table. You're willing to work on her on with her, but she also has to bring something to the table as well. And it's like, how do you find that balance, you know? Yeah. Um, and how do you, honestly, just being candid, like, how do you communicate some of those things that you expect of them without just sounding like a tyrant, you know, because I came up in the industry, my apprenticeship program, where like, I was afraid to look my, the owner of the salon in the eyes, <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, like somebody dropped a comb, they wouldn't even bend over to pick up their own comb. You would have to leave what you were doing, pick up their comb and disinfect it and hand it to them. Like that was the downtown Chicago experience I had for about 10 months. And so it's like, I don't want to be viewed as like that kind of owner where people are afraid to bring things to me. But I also do like, obviously she was an extreme, right? But Obviously, I want to be able to hold somebody to those things and be very clear about them in a way that doesn't, you know, derail them or give them like negative feelings. And it's kind of like goes along with like professional and emotional maturity, especially with, you know, the younger generation. I feel like I just myself in particular has kind of learned a lot from those types of situations. Oh, I love this topic so much. And I love just that you brought up core values. And I love the term uh, professional maturity, because one thing that I've realized over the last couple of years is as I'm developing new cosmetology graduates, like some of these people have never had a real job before, or have never been um never been held to a standard or never had a consequence. I mean, honestly, never had a consequence. Jess, I think it was you that was talking about that. And I like that, yeah. that conversation that you were in was blowing my mind a little bit, but it also like, it's part of what we take on as leaders, especially in this industry, especially in this particular moment in time, like Mallory, it doesn't t make you a tyrant to hold somebody to excellence, you know, and it, it's just our responsibility to continue to speak to that excellence to speak excellence into them and let them recognize it in themselves and let them see what they're capable of doing um and empowering them to continue to challenge themselves and and like show them that instant gratification isn't not only is it not always available it isn't the way instant gratification doesn't get you long-lasting results it gets you the result right now and sometimes that's good along the way but it's never what what takes you to the the end of the race you know so I really do um, love that we're talking about this and this is like become less about like, oh, the new generation is lazy. The new generation doesn't mm -hmm. know. Well, they don't know because we're not telling them. They don't know because, you know, like because we're just sitting around expecting them to be like us and they're not. And that's, it's okay. You know? Yeah. I think that's one of my biggest, like, honestly, pet peeves in a way is when people say stuff like that, like, oh, there's this, this generation, you know, they're just lazy. I'm like, no, like it's not, that's, that's such a rude. Yeah. And so now, like right now, I just feel like, um, since we've had those conversations, Aaron, and since I've had some time to like distance myself from like, the situation a little bit as the weeks have gone by it's like okay what is what is my responsibility and how do i communicate these things and what can we add to our onboarding and our training that makes mm -hmm. it 
clear from the get-go because I also feel like, you know, we're a very supportive environment. And I was just talking with one of my leaders. Um, we're developing Danny's role in the salon to become more of like a salon director's position for next year and what that looks like. And we we definitely said, you know, we have to find ways to communicate that stuff. Not that we don't communicate what our standards are and our core values and our guidelines, but there have just been some situations over the years that I'm like, all right, here's where we can do better. And I think that's really what sets you know, a lot of us uh, PIP professors and also PIP students very much apart from, you know, anybody is that we will do the work and think back on situations that we've had to deal with and like analyze it and say, what can we do differently next time and actually make that actionable and make it happen. And that's what that's what I love so much about our community is like having those conversations around some situations that might feel a little icky or emotional or draining and then saying, OK, but how can we show up better? And I think one um, one thing is, because I remember this was last year, my team had communicated um, some things about utilization and our PPG, so our potentially perfect guest, like our ideal client, and that they really didn't know who that was. They really didn't know how to get utilized. And so I spent probably two weeks. I'm like, okay, this is a perfect example of how we get to be better. I did this whole PPG class for them and it was fire. And then I created a Google doc with seven different ways to build their utilization. At first I delegated the doc. And then when the doc was due, I read it over and it was, it was extremely subpar. I'll, I'll say that. So then I spent, that's what I spent the other week on was creating very clear I want to say small, they weren't small systems, very clear, concise systems on things that they could do that were, then they were creative and unique. Um, Cause I know that they like that. They don't want something that they've always heard. Even we know that when you do that and you do it with a high volume and high consistency, it works, it pays off. So I, I got innovative and creative and made this and I didn't do anything after that and it fell by the wayside. Nobody used anything. So I think a really good thing is, is when we look at ourselves and our salon and say, okay, what do we get to add to this? We can all say what we are currently doing right now, myself as the owner and the salon in general, and what you are currently doing as a service provider and a team member is where we're at now. So in order for us to get to the next level, I get to contribute more and you get to contribute more. So I'm going to commit to this because I believe it's going to support you. What do you get to commit to? What do you get to add to that you're not currently doing right now? Because I'm adding this and then obviously making sure that we both follow through. Now, there may be some instances where people are already like they're doing everything that they can and truly they just need more support from us. But most times it's how can we both add more to the pot? And then the other thing that I wanted to say is we're talking about um, instant gratification is I've seen this several times from him, but Alex Hermosi talks about how he did this study with the most successful people in the world, billionaires, like there wasn't any millionaires in this study that he did with what made them successful. And it was, um, number one was they all had a superiority complex. So they felt like, and I hate saying it this way, they felt like they were better than other people. 
and they felt like they deserved more. And I think that makes it just a little bit more relatable because I think that when you're a hard worker and you'll do just about anything to get where you want to be in life, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean in financial terms, but it, it can also mean in financial terms. If you're willing to do that, then of course someone would think that they deserve more than someone who isn't willing to do those things. The second thing was they had massive insecurity, meaning they felt like they weren't good enough. Now I can def I can definitely relate to the both of these two so far. The second one I can really relate to just because of, um, I don't necessarily want to say my upbringing, but my, you know, my mom always saying in high school, baby D equals diploma and me struggling throughout high school, me dropping out of college. I mean, college was such a joke for me. I just wanted to cheer and that's it. And then when I was 19 and started hair school, it was like a really big disappointment. And I think the majority of people in our industry can relate to that. And then the third thing, and this is what's so cool is impulse control, meaning they can stay focused on a certain goal or where they want to be without results at first because they don't get distracted by shiny objects. They can keep their uh, focus steadfast on what's really, really important to them and not jump from one thing to the next or give up after they don't see immediate results. One thing he always says, and this sticks in my brain all the time is, I'm in this for a decade. I'm not gonna do this for 90 days. I'm not gonna do this for a year. I'm in this for the long term and for the decade. And this is something I'm committed to growing. And we always hear, you know, when you do something for 10 years, then you're an expert, but really thinking about things like long-term and how hard are we going to work and how smart are we going to work without necessarily thinking that we're going to get to 85% utilization within the next 30, 60 or 90 days, but thinking about it long-term. And if we do that with a high intensity of focus, we will get there. And I think so much of this with our teams is constantly talking about this and showing it to them to reroute some of that wiring because they, yeah. they have great skill sets themselves. If we're able to impact their brains with the way they think when it comes to this stuff, I mean, it will be, it will be phenomenal what happens at the end. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, it's, ugh, this is good. I'm actually standing at my whiteboard, like jotting down notes um, because it, it makes me think like when you said the impulse control, that's such a big thing because it's like, if they're not seeing that, that gratification instantly, then they're moving on to something else or they just fall off with the tasks at hand mm -hmm. that they know that they get to be responsible for to grow their book behind the, or grow their book or whatever it is that they want to achieve. Um, and so, <clears throat> um, I wrote down impulse control touch points because something we're going to be integrating into next year are called um, five on fives. And so it's, you know, we do our weekly um, touch points with the team and it's more on like benchmark related, goal related, but we want them to see a bigger picture, kind of like you were saying, like of what do they want in 10 years? What do they want? And it's not just having a retreat, kumbaya, let's talk about it. And then you create this whole page and you write down all this stuff, but then we don't do anything about it. Like we actually still talk about it and we actually still hold you accountable to it. And so we're creating these five on fives that we're going to start next year where it's literally five minutes of some sort of touch point with your team once a week. 
and it's either an audio that you send to them and it's meeting them where they're at. Like we use Slack. That's how we communicate. Half of my team, I don't even think really enjoy Slack because they just, they'd rather be on Instagram or they'd rather be on Snapchat or they'd rather, and that's fine. We're still, we're not letting go of Slack, but we're also going to meet them where they're at and make sure that we're having that connection with them on their own terms in a way. So if it's sending them an audio, um, you know, just checking in on them. And I think that adding in impulse control touch points, especially when you're taking your team through something to make sure that they're um, sticking to it and that they're seeing the results that they really want to have is something that's really important to be able to showcase and give your team as a leader. It's a great idea, Jess. And I love how you're meeting them where they're at on you know, different platforms. That's so smart. Yeah, we're going to see how it uh, pans out. But it's true, you know, I mean, I think half of my team has to literally, like Slack is a great communication tool. And again, it's not going away. Um, that we've had to learn how to teach them how to use it by if setting reminders or setting time on their calendar for 15 minutes, you know, and setting that time aside to go on and catch up on Slack and all of those things because they just don't, they don't always do it. And we have to like show them how to make it easier for them. So they do show up in that way. However, we get to also showcase something for them and show them that we do care about the things that they care about as well and the way that they like to communicate. So um, just to add to what you're saying, because I think what you said is chef's kiss. So. Okay, does anybody else have anything that they want to add before we hop off on this fine Monday, the week of Thanksgiving? I don't think so. This is a great clubhouse. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Okay, well, you guys all have a great Monday, and we will see you maybe next week. I don't know if we decided for the week it. after. The week after. Okay, we'll see you in December then. Awesome. Thanks right. for facilitating, Jess. Everybody have yeah. a great week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. And bye. bye.